Good evening, I'm, I'm George, a compulsive overeater, and I live in Los Angeles. Uh, thank you for inviting me to speak uh, at this San Francisco-based meeting, and I, I hope that something that I'll say will have a positive effect on, on someone who's listening. Uh, to qualify, my date of abstinence is June 3rd, 2018, uh, about two years and two months ago, and I am currently maintaining about 180-pound weight loss, and I believe that I'm, I'm currently at a healthy body weight. And uh, on, my, on my body, what 180 pounds translates to is 20 inches on my waist and about four inches on my neck. Uh, and I'll just mention that over the weekend, I tried on a jacket for a new suit for the first time in my adult life. I bought a size 42 jacket and I must have worn that size when I was a kid, but I honestly don't remember. Um, I, uh, I, I'd like to just uh, share a, um, a picture or two uh, about uh, what, what I looked like previously. Um, there's me with some of my family at uh, Fisherman's Wharf. Um, and uh, let me uh, share another one. Here's, uh, here's me at Disneyland uh, with my wife or at California Adventure. You can see the side view at uh, 300 and 70 pounds about and um, just a picture on a vacation somewhere that's uh, that's kind of that, that's what it was like that's what it looked like and let me tell you a little bit more about um, what it was like what happened and uh, what it's like now so and it, it's all right you know those pictures and the weight loss it's all fantastic it's a it's an incredible miracle and but there's really much more and, and hopefully i'll be able to tell you a little bit a little bit more about it and uh um first let me start with what it was like i, I was severely obese obviously i weighed uh, 361 pounds on the on the day that i became abstinent and uh i weighed maybe 10 pounds more than that um several years earlier when I started my the biggest diet before program which I'll talk about later in more detail uh, I had health problems I've been try, trying diets from uh, just on and off for years under the care of my doctor who, who told me that for many years my ailments were my, my ailments were just uh, just mechanical and uh, I could reverse them by losing weight um, and, and my knee my knee problems my joint problems my sleep apnea my high blood pressure it would all go away uh, if I just lost weight until the medical problems stopped being just mechanical and at some point losing weight didn't fix the damage that I'd done to my body. Um, I developed other medical problems and, and actually spent some time in the hospital. So just a little bit about my life. I At that time, I, I drove myself very hard in business and in life in general, and, and I used food to handle the stress. Now, I didn't know that I was doing that then, but it's really exactly what I was doing. I, I just, I naturally gravitate towards a uh, busy and stressful lifestyle. But then I, I check out of life for periods of time by, by just, not just eating, but, uh, but literally pursuing food. And I actually relate my life before program to Bill W's life, as he tells about it in, in Bill's story in the big book. Uh, where he'd seem to, to be on the right track, accomplishing something, uh, great spurts of productiveness, and then completely checking out of life by going on a bender. 
So I would do the same thing. I would, I would check out of life by binging and pursuing food for a day or days at a time. And I, I would leave the office to have an ice cream, spark the craving for ice cream. I would go on and go to another ice cream place the same day. Um, and I wouldn't just have an ice cream there. I would have the biggest sundae and wash it down with a milkshake. Um, and I've gone to, I, I can remember going to three ice cream shops in one afternoon, actually, uh, while I was supposed to be working at the office. Uh, I even bought a, a specialty bunt cake at a, at a store that was a specialty store that was in the same uh, shopping center as one of the ice cream shops that I, that I ate at on uh, Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. And, and uh, just to experiment to see how the, the, how the ice cream would go along with that cake. And, uh, and I, of course, I didn't want to skip dinner because I didn't want to uh, elicit any questions at home about why I wasn't hungry. So I would just eat a normal dinner, uh, even if I was feeling sick from all of the, uh, the ice cream that I would eat. Or, you know, I would do the same thing with, with burgers. I would, I would compare burgers at three different restaurants in one afternoon with, with fries, French fries, ring, or onion rings, whatever. Did the same thing with chicken wings, same thing. Um, I'd go to restaurants regularly, even if I wasn't just binging, just a regular restaurant that I would eat at, I would, I would have uh, never just one main course. It might be two main courses and one or more appetizers. Um, I, I did that you know, all the time. And um, a lot of times on the way to work in the morning, I would, I would stop at the bakery and I would buy multiple, never just one, you know, danishes, cookies, whatever. You know, three large danishes uh, on the way to work would be, you know, that was always a good number. But uh, besides that, I would actually put a plastic bag over my shirt and I'd hold it in place with the seatbelt so that the crumbs and the chocolate and the custard wouldn't get on my shirt. And, and I did this by myself. I, I hid this from everyone. Or so I thought. You know, once my wife suggested that we uh, we go go to a Krispy Kreme, there was a Krispy Kreme right in front of us, and she said, "Why don't we stop and get a donut?" So you know, you think that I'd be happy about that, but I really felt tremendous angst at the suggestion because I knew that I'd only be able to eat one donut in front of her, and and that would be painful. But on that occasion, I just suffered through eating just one donut. Sounds funny, but I really suffered through eating one donut. And the very next day, I just returned by myself and I ate six or eight more, just sitting in the donut shop, reading a book, drinking some coffee and just basically checking out from reality. And these are some of the things that I did to, uh, you know, to just be able to handle life at the time. And like Bill, I, you know, I, I blew opportunities in business because I was just too focused on food. Uh, I had a much anticipated meeting, uh, you know, just opportunity to meet some people and I would I would leave early to go eat by myself um, I, I would go to events I'd have to force myself to stay just a little bit longer because I, I just wanted to leave to go eat um, one time I uh, one of my famous stories I, I got off a plane in Dallas on a business trip and I, I rented a car and I was on my way to my first meeting I certainly wasn't hungry I had plenty to eat in the airports both airports and on the plane um, but uh, I felt like I needed to put something salty in my mouth. I just, you know, needed the fix. That was the fix I was looking for, something salty in my mouth. So I, I stopped by a roadside uh, convenience store and uh, just to get some chips uh, or nuts. And like on my way to buy the chips and nuts, I, I picked up some cookies, multiple ice cream bars, 
candy and of course a salty trail mix and uh, I must have eaten 3,000 calories uh, in, in my car just after that five minute spree in the convenience store and I wasn't even hungry to begin with I just wanted to put something salty in my mouth I, I figured that if I stopped for a snack I would be more fortified for the upcoming meetings I would feel better I was like a, a heroin addict looking for a fix but Instead of feeling good and ready for the meeting, I was bloated and hung over after the food. And of course, you know, that's where the, the self-loathing kicks in as well. And, uh, you know, I would have thought or I, you know, I, st I still kind of wonder, I mean, eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, you know, that, that itself sounds like freedom. But in reality, though, it really was mostly hell in those days. And I was uh, just, uh, you know, not enjoying freedom. I was, I was enjoying freedom of eating, but instead I was feeling guilty and trying to control what I ate because of the criticism from other people, from my parents when I was a young kid and, and from my, my wife and from others later on. Um, and, you know, I, I, and I didn't, or I didn't, I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, it wasn't free because I just simply wanted to be thin and I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Uh, I didn't want to eat. I was just compelled by my I was compelled by my disease. And I didn't know it. I, I didn't know that I had a disease. I uh, I just knew I wasn't like everyone else. I was unique. I was alone. I was fat, pathetic. I, I was a sorry character uh, who just couldn't get up the gumption to lose weight and keep it off. You know, the big the big book says uh, it talks about pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization, and, and that just precisely describes how I felt. Um, I, I needed food like like an addict needs his drug. Uh, I could barely I, I could barely just even in, enjoy a few minutes of it, but I still needed it. And and at home, I, I would eat large portions, uh, much larger portions than anybody should eat, and, and I would keep taking more portions until all the food was gone. Couldn't keep anything in our pantry. I couldn't leave anything in a serving dish on the table for more than a few minutes. I had to finish it. Was a, it was a compulsion. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I just needed to do it. I didn't realize it. I thought I just didn't have the resolve to lose weight. So I, I once I, I once had an, uh, an important business meeting, a, a, a contact that I was meeting in Dallas years ago. And when I arrived, I, we were at a restaurant. He was seated in the outside, an outside patio table where they only had plastic chairs. And uh, yeah, a lot of hundred pounders could, you know, feel the, the stress, the angst when you see a plastic chair. I, I refused to sit in the plastic chair for fear I would break it. So I ended up standing for about 10 minutes talking to, to this, this business meeting uh, next to the table until the waiter finally got around to bringing me a wooden chair from the inside. And then I was the only person outside in the patio with a wooden chair. So that, that was some real humiliation. Another time, I, I went with uh, a client and two, uh, and two of my business associates to, to a restaurant in Los Angeles, and they all decided to sit in a booth. And I, I had been able to previously squeeze uncomfortably into a booth, but this one was just too small. I mean, I tried. I, I, I couldn't even wedge my way in. So I had to bother the whole group to change tables after everybody was seated and, and humiliate myself in the process. I mean, try fitting into a booth in front of my associates and the rest of the restaurant. I mean, it, it felt like 
kind of like taking off my shirt at the beach in front of the whole world. I was sure everyone was staring at me. Uh, I, yet, with all of that, I just, as I said, I couldn't get up the, gum, the gumption to lose the weight and to, and to keep it off. And uh, speaking to a 100-pounder meeting, I, you know, perhaps some of you can identify with my story. So the question is, what happened? So how I recovered, the answer, the answer really is God. But it's not like God appeared one day, uh, and I'm far from it. It's only in retrospect that I see God's hand and his personal attention to my, my recovery. Uh, and, and let me go through what, uh, what happened. It, it, was, it was a long process, but, but let me talk about it. I, I think I hit the first bottom in 2009 when I was about 370 pounds, and I, and I couldn't stand for more than a few minutes. Um, I needed to sit down and rest while everybody else in the room was standing. Um, I, I would get out of breath just walking down the block or walking up one flight of stairs. Um, I sometimes just come downstairs in my house um, in, in the morning and, and just avoid going back up for the entire day till I had to go back up at night. Uh, it was just so tiring. I had broken, broken chairs, I couldn't fit in airline seats. I was spilling over into the next person's seat on the airlines. Um, I, I needed to use what I what I called the belt of shame, the the seatbelt extender. Um, I, I once even justified to myself taking a seatbelt extender with me off the plane, saying that I, I would use it on the same airlines. I would return it and and just because I, I, I use the same airlines all the time, so I just take the extender with me. Yeah, and I, in retrospect, I was just justifying stealing because I didn't want to go through the humili humiliation of um, of asking the flight attendant every time, you know, especially when sometimes they, you know, pre-flight they had so they were so busy they would forget about uh, requests like that. So just in general, I mean, I, I couldn't get up from the couch. I mean, this was this was just a real low. I I, I needed to sit in chair in a chair with arms in order to stand up. Um, and, and I would use up so much mental bandwidth, just figuring out exactly where to sit in the room and precisely when and how to get up so as not to be a spectacle, um, as if no one would notice my ob obesity unless they saw me struggling to get out of the chair. Um, I would stand in waiting rooms even after being offered a seat so as not to embarrass myself by, uh, by getting up when, when the person I was waiting for came to meet, meet, meet me or greet me. Um, I, I would be in a room full of people who were standing and socializing and I'd just be scanning the room for a place to sit or lean and, and the whole time just thinking about how early I could leave and, and go get something to eat by myself. The, um, that year, 2009, I, I somehow got started on a major diet and I was able to lose 180 pounds uh, in less than a year that time. And uh, along the way, I, I was really so arrogant that I was talking about actually writing a book about weight loss. I thought if I could lose 180 pounds, I could, I could write a book about it. I had the secret. I, you know, the fewer calories you consume, the more energy you burn, the more weight you'll lose. And I had all sorts of ideas how to apply the simple formula. And uh, the surprising thing was that with all of that, I was, I was, so, hap I was so unhappy and uh, and all the while, I was looking forward to the end of the diet when I would when I would graduate and I'd be cured of my obesity. But yeah, I just had no idea that my formula wouldn't uh, wouldn't cure me. I uh, I even tried you know, taking antidepressants for a while. I mean, I, I was convinced that my whole my whole life that if I were thin, I would be happy. I, and I was shocked. I I, I thought that uh, if I would lose weight, you know, everything would be right. I I thought that it, I would be ecstatic. Life would be grand. But uh, 
but instead I was depressed and the only remedy that I that I had was to just check out from life once again with my old friend the food and uh, believe it or not I after that 180 pounds I gained back 30 pounds per year for five years do the math five years in a row and, and then I just yo-yoed up and down all the way back up to 361 pounds again but uh, one thing that I, I gained from that, that experience besides weight uh, was self-knowledge right the big, the big book says that about an alcoholic that an alcoholic will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And of course, in my case, I was absolutely unable to stop eating and stop gaining weight on the basis of, of knowing how to lose weight and knowing that I had a disease. I just had no remedy. I was hopeless. Uh, but this time in 2018, something happened. Um, and uh, in retrospect, I know that it was God that intervened. In 2018, he sent me, or I guess, I guess a messenger and uh, that messenger's name was Jeff good friend of mine and Jeff had lost over 100 pounds in program and he told me a little about it and he invited me to come to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting but I didn't really want to go I mean I was curious but uh, I was too busy or lazy to actually make it happen I didn't make it to the meeting and he gave me a book that was called God of Our Understanding which uh, that book is, uh, it's not a program book, but it, it's about 12 steps and it tries to, to reconcile my religion with uh, 12 steps. And that book sat on my desk for about six months without me even opening it. And, and uh, Jeff hadn't even asked me to read the whole book. He just marked uh, a couple of pages for me to read and I, I didn't get around to reading it for six months. And uh, incidentally, I do read that book now every day as part of my routine and I, I must have finished it about 10, 10 times so far. But uh, even, you know, without wanting to go to a meeting, you know, I guess God didn't give up on me, right? Jeff came to me again, and, and this time with the idea that he and, a, he and another fellow wanted to start an all-men's Overeaters Anonymous meeting in the San Fernando Valley where I live, they didn't have a place to meet. And at that point, I had never attended a single 12-step meeting. You know, I may have been unwilling to, to check out an OA, OA meeting at a church somewhere, but I certainly was, uh, you know, hospitable and generous enough to offer my conference room at my office for a meeting, especially if there was a chance that, uh, you know, in some mind, in, in my mind, I, I might be able to get some business out of it. I had an ulterior motive, uh, no real belief that oh, an OA meeting might uh, might help me or have any sort of positive effect on me. But uh, sure, I was I was game to have the the meeting in my office, but. Uh, there's the expression, but man plans and God laughs. So I, uh, I audited or observed uh, a few meetings, several meetings, but I, I didn't really participate a uh, handful of meetings in 2018. I just, just came to those meetings and listened. And uh, I was there just mostly as the host supplying the, the nice conference room, the office space and, and some refreshments. But uh, for the first time in my life, I actually heard you know, the 12 steps being read, I had actually never heard the 12 steps. I'd heard of the 12 steps, but I'd never actually heard the 12 steps until that point. I heard people share, of course, and 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 it rubbed off on me. It had an effect on me, and I just didn't, didn't know it yet. And uh, after several re- weeks, uh, my, my friend Jeff came over to me, and he, he said, uh, so what am I going to do to lose weight? You know, he, he pointed out that you just got to do something because I was really getting worse and worse. I, you know, my, my weight and my health was just getting worse and worse. And uh, and just hearing him say, what are you going to do? You got to do something. It, it did have a profound effect. And I started thinking about it. And then he added, 
you know, you're going on a trip to Italy in six weeks. And if you just lose even 20 pounds in those six weeks before you go, it'll make a difference in how much you enjoy your trip. And, and of course he was right. I knew he was right. So coincidentally, or you may say miraculously, my, my wife wanted to start a diet on Friday, June 1st, would happen, which happened to be her birthday in 2018. And uh, since it was her birthday, I bought her a cake and some other bad foods to eat. And I convinced her to postpone her diet for a few days. And I told her, you know, we'll start losing weight together in, in advance of our trip to Italy on June. And we'd start on June 3rd on Sunday. And on, and on that Sunday, though, I walked into my pantry looking for something to eat. And I saw the snacks around and, and knowing that I was, I was supposed to be starting a diet today, I just surveyed all the food on the shelves and I looked around it. And the only thing that came to mind was, you know, I really am powerless over food. And that was my first step. I, I conceptually knew that, that for a while, I, I mean, I knew that I was powerless over food. I just didn't have the language. I mean, I, I, until I attended those OA meetings in my office and, and heard the steps being read, I just didn't have the, the language, the, the ability to express the concept. Um, and I, I knew now that uh, I really was powerless over food and, and that, uh, that the description fit me exactly. It was, it was just precisely me. I, I immediately, you know, as soon as I said that and it hit me, I, I, I just said a, a quick prayer. I said something like, God, help me to not eat. I, I didn't really say the prayer which much, with much feeling because um, as, uh, as, a re, as religious as I was, I didn't really consider God would actually answer this prayer. But I said it anyway, uh, just because, you know, that's what I heard you're supposed to do at the meetings, that you're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to pray. And uh, I didn't have to take step, step one. It just occurred to me that I'm powerless over, over food, and it was true. It was just an honest admission, and uh, I followed it with a little half-hearted prayer, which uh, was kind of my first imperfect attempt at step two. And I think it was that day also that I, I decided on a on a particular abstinence. I, I decided I would abstain from candy, cake, and ice cream. And uh, my abstinence has evolved since then, but I haven't broken that original component of the abstinence, the candy, cake, and ice cream since that day. And uh, I'll just mention while I'm on the subject that I soon added, added to my abstinence, no second helpings, um, eat only three meals a day with two snacks in between or two snacks, not necessarily in between, but two snacks a day, uh, never a second helping. And that was really important to me and never a second helping, even if it was just to finish the last piece of broccoli on the serving plate. And uh, let me go back to step two. Uh, I, I came, to, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And uh, again, I didn't really take step two, it just happened. Um, but unlike step one, it wasn't an immediate recognition. There was no aha moment. As I, uh, as I mentioned, I asked God for help right away when I realized that I was powerless, but I, I didn't really deeply understand that God was a power that could restore me to sanity, as the step says. I, I knew it intellectually, but um, you know, and I didn't need the big book to tell me that. I grew up studying the Bible and religion, and of course I knew God was powerful and he created the world and cares about every little thing that happens and directs everything in the workings of the, of the cosmos and gravity and even the fate of the tiny gnat or the flea. I mean, I, of course, I, that's how I felt about God, but I never really emotionally connected that to me and to my relationship with food. 
it, it wasn't until um, I, I passed the one year mark of abstinence when a few things happened that made me recognize that God was the power greater than myself that, that caused all of this to happen and, and did restore me to sanity. And, and the first thing that made me realize it was that I was able to keep my physical recovery past a year of weight loss. And I had never done that before. I never, never really made it to a year. I never made it past a year. And, and I wasn't even white knuckling. I mean, I um, just something, something was and is keeping me from going back to the food. And it, and it only could be a power greater than myself. It could only be a higher power as I was never able to do that before myself. Obviously, I couldn't do it. So it must be another, it must be something else. It must be God. And the second thing was that I, um, people told me how I changed other ways besides physically. It was my, my daughter who told me that I was less judgmental. I didn't even realize I was judgmental, but she says, you know, I became less judgmental and I'm, and I, and I'm more calm and I'm serene and more present. And, and my wife comments how I've changed and how I react to situations. And uh, of course, no one is perfect, you know, um, but the progress that I made really um, point, you know, and that which has been pointed out to me by others uh, and that I, I couldn't necessarily see myself, that was a that was a testament to the fact that there was a power greater than myself. I mean, I am a testament that the that the program works and that there is a power greater than myself because I couldn't do myself for fifty seven years and and then suddenly working the program, I experienced some some degree of of recovery from the symptoms of the disease of compulsive overeating. And I'll add that parenthetically, it was, it was important for me to move on to further steps, even though I didn't get steps two and three perfectly immediately. I, I, I just had to move on to, to other steps and, uh, and that served me very well. So let, let, me, uh, let me just conclude. Um, I'll, I'll just uh, conclude with uh, my, my program today. It, uh, it's, I go to meetings eight times a week and, and I'm, unless I'm traveling or have some conflict, I do a lot of service. Um, you know, ever since my six month ship, I take service positions. Um, I work steps with a sponsor and I sponsor another person. Um, I don't write too much, but I pray every day. I don't meditate yet, although I might try that at some point. Um, and I try to spread the message. And uh, when I and I, I just wanted to mention, you know, how it is that, you know, I when I when I, I go to Florida to visit my grandchildren and I previously, you know, would just uh, you know, not be able to participate with them. I'm, I'm now able to go on, you know, on slides and roller coasters and all sorts of things with them and take them to amusement parks and, and not have to sit sit out the fun. I'll just leave you with this thought that, um, you know, just because a program life isn't easy, it, it doesn't remove the challenges. But with program, I could, I could face those challenges without eating. And uh, not only that, I can bend down and tie my shoe I can buckle my seat my seatbelt on an airplane, and I can ride a roller coaster with with my grandchildren. Thank you very much for uh, letting me be of service today.